Well, this morning we're going to continue our series on bridges, building or burning, or burning or building relational bridges, right? And uh, how many of you ever use that comment? Man, you're burning some bridges right there, right? And uh, so we don't want to be burning bridges, we want to be building bridges, right? And so, you know, as Pastor Brandon mentioned, you know, a natural bridge connects two bodies of land and a, and, uh, and a bridge builder connects relationships, right? And so today I want to talk to you about kind of changing course a little bit, a spiritual bridge builder, a spiritual bridge builder, which is someone who helps people get relationally connected to God, right? And so 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. He bridged that gap through Christ and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, sometimes people say, I want a ministry. I'd like to have a ministry. Everybody is called to be a, to have the ministry of reconciliation. And so the question, what does that mean? It means that we're called to help people get relationally connected to God, right? Because, you know, I, I know some people say, how long have you been a Christian? I was born a Christian. No, you were born a heathen. Everybody's born in sin. You got to be saved. You're not born holy. Amen. You're born with an evil nature and your relationship with God is strained and you need to get it healed. Amen. And God has called us to be a part. So this is what this verse means. Since God healed or reconciled our relationship with him by erasing our sins through the forgiveness of Christ, now he wants us to help others get their relationship with God healed or reconciled. Amen? And so a spiritual bridge builder is someone who just helps connect somebody that's lost to a loving, holy God. And it's amazing that God would use us to do that, right? Mark chapter 1 in verse 16, Jesus said this. He was going along the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of, uh, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea. And for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, Jesus wants every Christian, not just the disciples, he wants all of us to be fishers of men or a spiritual bridge builder. So the question we need to ask is, are we building bridges? Are we burning spiritual bridges with our life? That's the question we need to ask. The religious leaders in biblical times, they were burning bridges. This is what Jesus had to say about them in Matthew 23, 13. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So the scribes and the Pharisees, they were burning spiritual bridges instead of building spiritual bridges. And by the way, they were so-called spiritual leaders. Right? Come on, say amen right there. Just help me out. All right. Feel much better about that. So they were hindering people from entering into the kingdom of God instead of helping people enter into the kingdom of God. Now, on the other hand, Andrew, one of Jesus' disciples, that brother there was a builder of bridges. And the Bible says in John 1.40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said, who had followed Jesus. 
And the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that great? So unlike the scribes and the Pharisees, Andrew was building spiritual bridges everywhere he went instead of burning them down. He was helping people get closer to God instead of hindering people from getting closer to God. Another bridge builder was Philip. In, in John 1, it says, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And, and Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. He's the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of the... He got saved. Amen. And so Philip won Nathanael to Christ because he was a bridge builder. He, and listen, he utilized his natural, healthy, uh, already developed relationships to become a spiritual bridge builder. And so here's the point I'm trying to make. The easiest way to be a bridge builder, a spiritual bridge builder, a soul winner, the easiest way is just utilizing your natural developed relationships that are already around you in your everyday life. Amen? So how do you help people uh, um, or children? Uh, how do you help your children come to Christ? Well, you use your influence. You use the influence that you have in their lives. You use your Christianity. You, you live it out and it impacts your children. How do you win a lost, uh, a lost spouse or a coworker to Christ? Well, you just become, you become a bridge. You become a, a relational bridge builder. And people that are far away from God, they get a little bit closer to God as you get around them and as you begin to exercise the, your Christianity in their life. Amen? Through your relational influence is how we build bridges. You know, they, whenever you do a survey in a congregation like this and you say, how many people got saved because you heard Billy Graham? You know, one or two hands might come up or whatever. How many of you uh, came to Christ because of the pastor and a few hands might go up? How many of you came to Christ because you had a friend? that reach out to you and most everybody's hands goes up it's relationships you see you don't have to you don't have to have a doctrinal degree a theological degree you don't have to be a theologian to be a bridge builder all you need really is relationships amen and so before i became a christian you know, uh, I had people trying to get me to to embrace Christ, to come to church and all that. And I resisted. And, and I, I withstood their, their effort. But then one day my brother and my sister-in-law began to reach out to me. And they the ones that got me to Christ. Why? Because I trusted them. Because I had relational capacity with them. You see, when a stranger or somebody that I wasn't really uh, knowledgeable of tried to influence me, I was resistant. But when somebody that I had faith in, that I trusted, began to share the love of Christ with me, my heart opened up and I came to Christ. 
See, I want to encourage you today that you can become a bridge builder. Amen? Remember this truth. It's our testimony we build with people by befriending them and loving them and caring for them that allows us to influence people. You got that? If you got that, say, I got that. So how do we bridge building a bridge? How do we build bridges? There you go. How do you do that? Number one, the first key, there's three keys. Remember God's church is people, not a building. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I tell you that, I tell you that you are Peter in this rock. Remember, Peter's the one that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He had a revelation of that. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Jesus said, I will build my church. What church was he talking about? He must have been talking about family life church, right? Or, or first Baptist or assembly of God or the Catholic church, right? No. He wasn't talking about a denomination. The word church means ecclesia, which means the called out ones, God's assembly, our congregation of people. So when he says, I'm going to build my church, he was talking about, I'm, there's going to be more and more Christians all over the world. He was talking about people. I will build my people. Amen. And so Jesus was saying, I'm going to build my assembly, our congregation of people. I'm going to cause it to grow. Listen, the church is people, not buildings. The church is, and we got to get that, right? Because growing up, I always thought a church was a building. And, and you know, we refer to a building. Yeah, that's a church. That building is a church. And so I always referred, you know, when you go to church, you got to go to a building. And then I found out, no, 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 no. Church is people, not a building. And if you're a Christian, you're a church. If you're a Christian, you're a church. Say, well, I don't want to be. You are. If you're a Christian, you're a church, right? I remember years ago, if those of you that have been around the community for a while, you remember when First Baptist burned down, and I remember, wow, the fire is still burning, man. The building's on fire, and they're interviewing uh, Pastor Perry Sanders, who's now going to be with the Lord. But they, they interviewed him, and they said, oh, Pastor Perry, I'm so sorry. You've lost your church. And he said, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. The church hasn't been touched. Our building burnt down, but the church is just as healthy as ever. I love that. Amen. And you got to get that, you see, because if you think that the church is a building, it, it, it's going to it's going to help you how you go out there. Amen. And so you got to know as the church, we need to remember, we need to remember it's our job to let our light shine wherever we go. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew five. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, as Christians, the Bible says we are to let our light shine. Where? In the world. In the world. And so our light is not supposed to be hidden in a church building. Our light is supposed to go outside the church building. You don't light a light and keep it hidden in the building. You light a light and you send it out into the marketplace. Our light is supposed to be shining out in the world for others to see it. Amen. As Christians, we are to let our light shine in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our schools. The light of Jesus should shine everywhere we go. 
So listen, we have a God-given responsibility to carry his light into the world. Notice it says in verse 16, let your light. It doesn't say, let your pastor's light. Let your church's light. Let your daddy's light. Let your mama's light. No, it says, let your light. You got to have a light. Amen. Come on. You got to have a light shining in you. Amen. And so notice when you follow Christ, you have a light. What is that light? It's the light of Christ. And we got to understand that we have Christ in us. We're not just a normal, everyday, uh, humdrum kind of person. No, we're not, you know, we're, we're not to get arrogant and haughty, but we have to know that the power of Christ lives on the inside of us and we are carriers of the glory of God. Amen. And so when you follow Christ, you have the light and we should let that light shine through us. Let Christ's love shine through you. Let his peace shine through you. Let his joy shine through you. Amen. Come on. We have the countenance of the Lord on us and we should carry that wherever we go, man. You know, uh, not long ago I went fishing and, and the, we had boat problems. And so we were down there in Cocodri and, and so we brought the, we brought the boat to a shop. And uh, it, it wasn't much wrong with it, so we asked him if he could take care of it. And so, you know, the mechanic comes out, and I'm meeting him, and I'm, I'm sizing him up. And, and after just a little while, I thought, man, this guy's different. Man, I, I just could tell his countenance and all that. And uh, he came out, and he didn't come out and was like, oh, man, you're going to come here and bug me? Oh, I thought you were a mechanic like you like to fix things and make money. He didn't come out like a, uh, you know, no grouchy. He came out with a smile on his face. Hey, how can I help you guys? And I thought, wow, this is great. Don't you love it when somebody serves you like that? And then, and so we let, dropped the boat. We left and the, and the guy that I was with, he tells me, he says, that guy's a Christian. Ah, that's what I was noticing in him. Can I ask you a question? What kind of, what kind of light you bring to your workplace? Come on, what, what, how, how bright are you shining out there? Come on, maybe we need to just, you know, raise the wick a little bit and get the light a little bit brighter. Come on, y'all with me out there? Amen. Our goal as Christians is for others to see the blessing of living for Christ. Right? And that's what Jesus said in verse 16. He said, let your light shine before men that they may see your moral excellence. Your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who's in heaven. See, this is the goal: is to provoke others to want to serve God because they see how it's made a difference in our life, and they want their life to be like ours. Come on, say Amen right there. And so, listen: every friendship or relationship we develop in life is an opportunity to introduce someone to the Lord, right? Think about it. Every time God wants to start working in somebody's life, he normally uses a person. He uses a fisherman, a bridge builder, and God wants to use you. Amen? The second key to building spiritual bridges is remember you're living, you're a living and walking sermon. How many of you ever heard a sermon and you got, man, I wish my buddy was here to hear that. You ever thought about that? Man, I, man, I know somebody that needs to hear this message. Well, how about we just go live that message in front of them? Amen. How about we just go live it? Second Corinthians three, two says, 
You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Don't you love that? Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We are God's living, walking letters, known and read by all men. See, the first Bible people read is us sometimes. And so we got to understand when we're out there, people are reading our lives. People are sizing us up, just like I did that mechanic. And so if you're going to wear a Christian T-shirt, make sure you're backing that up, brother. Amen. Come on. Are you with me? Come on. If you're going to put a, if you're going to put a little fish on your, on your car, make sure you're backing that up because you are a living sermon. Amen. See, our character, our lifestyles, our behavior should preach the love and the grace of Christ. How do you preach a great sermon? You live it out. You live it out. A warm greeting, an act of compassion preaches the love of God. A bright smile, peaceful, joyful countenance and face preaches the life-giving power of Christ. Amen? Come on, an act of kindness, helping someone in need, tells people that God is a gracious God, a loving God. Amen? Listen, our job is not so much to bring the lost to church to hear a sermon, but to bring a great sermon to the lost every day that we're living out there. Amen? Have you ever thought about this? What kind of sermon am I preaching with my lifestyle, with my character and my behavior? In my, is my life preaching a God-honoring message? That should be our goal, right? People often develop their perception of Christ, of Christianity from our examples. You know, there are people that don't want to come to church because of the experience they had in church. Not, not with terrible preaching. That, of course, that could be the problem. But sometimes it's because of their experience. Amen? Let me just lead you through a quick exercise. What comes to mind when you hear the word Super Bowl? I just thought, Drew Brees. What comes to your mind when you hear the word vacation? Some of you might say, now. Like, <laughs> How about diet? What comes to your mind when you hear diet? President. Born-again Christian. What would happen if we asked a hundred lost people that same question? What comes to mind when you hear the word born-again Christian? I'm afraid that sometimes we might hear answers like self-righteous, moody, harsh, unloving, judgmental, critical. Are y'all with me out there? You see, through our example, we might be burning bridges instead of building bridges. See, that's why the scribes and the Pharisees were burning bridges is because of their lifestyle, their character. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 23, 13, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You know what a hypocrite is? It means someone who acts out a row, people pretending to be something that they're really not. See, the scribes and the Pharisees were, were preaching a terrible sermon with their lifestyle, their character, and their behavior. I wonder what kind of sermon 
that we're going to preach this week. Come on, let's preach a good sermon. How about it? Let's preach a good sermon. Amen. Wouldn't it be a blessing for people to say this about us? That's the most loving, compassionate, kind, devoted, humble, kind Christian I know. Come on, wouldn't that be great? Come on, that's a goal, isn't it? Come on, that's a goal, man, that we should, come on, turn our light up a little bit, right? The third key to building spiritual bridges is, remember, you are the mouthpiece of God. You're the mouthpiece of God. Watch what you say. Jesus said, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So that's the pastor's job. No, that's all of our jobs. We're all to be the mouthpiece of God. Jesus tells the, the church, go and preach the gospel. Preach means to proclaim, to give people a message. It means the gospel means good news of the kingdom of God. You know, sometimes we have a spiritual gift of taking the Bible, which is good news, and making it bad news. Come on. That, that was the Lord right there. I know it. I could tell the way it landed. Like, whoa. Come on. To preach the gospel simply means to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. Did you know that you and I are the mouthpiece of God? And he wants us to use our mouths to tell other people about his gracious gospel. Amen. Listen, I love Romans 10 and verse 14. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Come on, he wants us to tell people God forgives sins. He wants us to tell people God is a God of hope and he'll give you a second chance. Even though you've made a terrible mistake, you made a lot of mistakes, even though you're down on the bottom of the barrel, the Lord is a God of hope, a God of restoration, a God of compassion, a God of healing. Come on, we are to tell them for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. Come on, we are to tell them God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that they would be saved through him. Amen. Amen. That's good news, right? We are God's mouthpiece. You know, years ago, um, you know, I, I've been very honest with that. I'm not proud of this and I don't recommend this. But this is my story. Started smoking pot, doing drugs at 11 years old, got saved at 22 and got delivered. Before I became a Christian, I was riding around smoking pot. I was stoned and I got hungry. If you... If you know, when you smoke pot, it makes you hungry. And uh, my mom had made some gumbo. I wanted to go eat some gumbo. But my there was a problem. They had company. And I didn't want to walk in the house. They wouldn't know. So I was driving around waiting for them to leave so I could go eat some gumbo. And I'm driving down an E-Rath down the main drag, and somebody behind me starts switching off their lights. It's like, oh, man, what's this, you know? And so I pull over and in my heart, I'm like Cheech and Chong, you know, whenever I roll down my window, it's like, I'm like, oh, I hope this is not a cop. I'm done for, you know, and thank God it wasn't a cop. It was a friend. And he comes up to me. I roll down the window and he says, hey, hey, man, 
He said, I was at home praying and the Lord told me to come to town. He wanted somebody. He wanted to minister to somebody. And man, as soon as I saw your truck, I knew he meant you. I said, really? Yeah. And he said, and he hands me a Bible and he says, look, man, this is a Bible. Do you have a Bible? No, son, I don't have a Bible. Here's your Bible, man. The Lord told me to give you this Bible. Read right here in the book of John, man. And, and listen, I want you to know God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got, I said, all right, all right, all right. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm ready to roll up my window, you know, and he leaves. And now I'm sober. I'm sober. It's like, man, did God really tell that guy to come talk to me? Because you see, what he didn't know was there was things going on in my heart. God used him as a mouthpiece that day. Later on, to, to tap onto that, my brother and sister-in-law got saved. And they started just sharing their testimony. Man, God is like, man, I heard God speak. God said to do this and I did it. And, and, and man, it was God. I know it was God because this is what happened. And, and, and I could see the joy in their life. And here I am with emptiness, unfulfilled, struggling life. And God's just, they're just testifying about Jesus. And I'm like, and then they invited me to a play and I got saved. God used my friend. God used my brother and sister-in-law as the mouthpiece for me to come to Christ. Are y'all hearing me out there? Remember, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. In Matthew 9, Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages in that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he heard every, he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. Jesus spoke out the good news out of a heart of compassion. He didn't speak as a know-it-all. He didn't try to correct everybody. He spoke out of care and concern for the welfare of others. See, listen, sometimes we can preach like we don't want them to go to heaven. We can share the good news like if God don't strike them, we will. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Listen, Jesus didn't beat people with the Bible. He loved them with the Bible. And so we have to have compassion. I wonder who in your life right now that God is wanting you to reach, that God is wanting you to touch with your life. Folks, we're the church. We're the sermon. You know, the worst thing that I think in the kingdom of God is somebody that's been in church for 50 years and they're crusty, like, like you know, 10-week-old stale toast bread. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? Goodness gracious, man. The gospel is to soften our hearts, not to harden our hearts. It's to make us compassionate and loving and kind. Amen. I think God might want to use you. You know, there's a verse, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this in John 5, 17. Jesus said to them, my father is always at work 
to this very day. And I, too, am working. God is working in our community. You see, there's a Todd somewhere out there right now that is empty, that is struggling, and they're looking for somebody. They're hoping somebody will help them. And because you're a Christian, because you're the church, because you're his light, he might just use you. Y'all receive this this morning? Come on, God wants us to be bridge builders and not bridge burners when it comes to spiritual things. Amen. Would you just bow your head with me for just a moment? I don't want to just automatically assume just because you're in church this morning that you already a Christian. I sat in church one day and I was as lost and I needed to be saved. Everybody needs to be saved. Nobody's born a Christian. At some point in your life, you got to say, man, I need my sins forgiven. And maybe today you're here and you say, man, I, I, I need to be saved, man. I'm lost. I'm empty. I need a savior. I need Christ to change my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Just lift your hand. Thank you. I see your hand right over here. Anywhere else? Just raise, just raise it. Hold it up here. Just hold up your hand. Say, that's me, and I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you for just being. Thank you. I see your hand over here. I see your hand. Would you just, let's pray this prayer as a family, and you just pray as sincerely as you can. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I need your love. I need you in my life. And today I'm opening up my heart. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me and cleanse me and fill me with your light and your life so that I can be your light wherever I go. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, it's the first time you prayed that prayer, you're recommitting your life. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. That's where it starts, right there. And there's a card in your pew that said, I made a decision. If you take the time to fill that out, bring it to the lobby. Uh, we have a Bible for you. If you need one, just don't beat people with it, right? Love people with it. And, and just some tools to help you. Would you do me a favor and the rest of you just stand with me? And I want you in your mind to just close your eyes. Just think with me right now. Maybe there's somebody that you're working with, you're going to school with. Maybe somebody that is on the ball field with you. Somebody that you just connected with. You've already built a relationship with them. You know, ladies, listen, we got a ladies exhale conference coming up. You know, maybe, maybe just an invite. I'm so glad my brother invited me to a church event. That's how I came to Christ. He used his relational investment in my life. And he invited me to a church. I was just going to be a nice guy. But God had another plan. Amen. And listen, maybe ladies, you need to just invite one of your friends or five of them to the XAO conference. Amen. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of you tomorrow at work, instead of just blowing by everybody, maybe you need to just take a moment and just look in the countenance of people, in the face of people. They might be somebody just going through a tough time. And if you'll take the time 
to just pay attention and just go befriend people at work, maybe you might be the bridge that God uses to get somebody that's lost in a, in a healthy, saved relationship with the living God. Amen. Can I just pray for you right now that your light will just get a little stronger, your influence will get a little, a lot greater, and that the people are going to be drawn to you. They're going to be attracted to you because of your light that's shining so bright. Father, I pray right now that, Lord, you would release your light in every one of us. Lord, I pray increase our territory. Lord, increase our influence. Lord, give us a greater ability to build bridges with the lost. Help Help us, God, to be, Lord, not not just a casual Christian, but a life-changing Christian that is changing people's lives wherever we go. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayer today, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If you need anointing of all, come up. We're going to anoint you with all. God bless you. Have a great day. You're dismissed.